baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Monday morning here on The Edge on Sports Talk 97.7. Mark Kramer and Glad, very glad to welcome back Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Glad you're back, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you. Actually, I got a little bit of uh, uh, back in the saddle again a little bit Friday with Sean, and now I'll uh, – but now my uh, my world has uh, stopped spinning a little bit. Uh, as well as uh, our families, and we want to thank everyone so much uh, from the bottom of our hearts for all the uh, wonderful uh, things, uh, prayers, support, uh, uplifting, and uh, it feels better right now just to even be across the dais from from John Tabor and and you beside me here, Mark. Uh, Life is starting to uh, come back into focus, and uh, my mother lived a wonderful, wonderful life. Uh, 91, correct? 91 years, uh, as we said, a, a life well-lived, and she taught us a lot of wonderful things. That, that um, My dad said something one time that I hope all of you, uh, as I said, you know, we all go through this. Yeah. No, no, no family. Nobody's uh, immune. Exactly. Uh, but my dad told me uh, something one time, and, it, and it's true. Uh, the body ser- simply serves as a shell for the soul. And the soul lives forever, and uh, my mother's memory will certainly live on and the lessons she taught. And we're going to miss her, um, but we we are, she taught us uh, a love of life. And I think the thing she would have been most happy about is all the wonderful friends we had and were with us every step of the way. As I told so many of them, when we could no longer walk, you guys carried us, so uh, just like our and then, of course, our Lord carried us over the end. So it's good to be back. It's good to see you guys and uh, good to be back uh, and being able to thank everyone for all the wonderful thoughts and prayers uh, of my wonderful mom. And um, she was, she was as, as we said, a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yeah. And she certainly was. So thanks again, guys. Thank you all. We are, uh, there's no words that we can simply say that will express our gratitude and thanks and appreciation. But uh, I know she would have appreciated it, and we do as well. So thank you, on. And uh, now she would probably be getting her dusting off the old LSU cheerleading uniform about that now because we are now getting to that point where we are under, what? About uh, a month. About a month left, and we're going to be kicking off. Uh, Camps will be starting. Indeed. Within, uh, with less than a month. And uh, SEC as well as uh, uh, Conference USA and Sunbelt Media Days, I think we're this crowd's going to hit about two of them. Yeah, Sean will be at uh, Conference USA Media Days. That's first. And then Sunbelt Media Days will be next. Uh, the SEC Media Days that they've gone to, him and Nick Brown have gone to for so many years. They moved it to um, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so not going to be able to make that trek over there uh, for that. But um, still, I think, going to have some interviews from there. But they'll be... They'll be live at Conference USA and Sunbelt Media Days, so look forward to that coming up in just a couple of weeks. Hard to believe. Um, now we can say football next month because even high school kicks off. Right. We have jamborees. Uh, I believe jamborees are on the 20, 
like the 23rd, 22nd, or 23rd scrimmages the week before that? Well, unless you're in the uh, what is, the former Lisa, now Misa, or whatever, the Mississippi. I think we, we, we were laughing the other day. We I think they start like – I think they'll start uh, practice next week. Uh, <laughs> they're jamborees at the end of July. Jambor- yeah, yeah. Jamborees. If it's August 1st in Misa, uh, the season's half over. That's right. So, it's, like, uh, it's like Canadian football. Exactly. You know, they've already played four weeks in the CFL. That's right. Well, and uh, – one of my well, I'll the Mesa takes their cue from the Canadian football. Right, right. yeah, they're in week four already uh, with the uh, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders mm. and the Hamilton Tiger Cats playing each other. Uh, but I'll get to that in a minute with one of my uh, one of my choices. So uh, we'll uh, we'll give you what we're gonna get into today here in just a second. But want to tell everybody that our title sponsor is Dr. David Weber, North Monroe. Animal Hospital, U.S. 165 North in Monroe, 345-4545, best pet care anywhere on the planet. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, specializing in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury. Don't delay. Call Bobby today. You can reach Bobby and his staff at 342-1411 and Spa Nouvelle and Lammy Lane in Monroe. Pamper the special person in your life, 807-1060, and then get us... Like you did last week, we had a great, uh, great shows oh, Thursday did. and Friday yeah. with all the response with our list. We have another list today, which I think everybody will like, and that's on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line. Subject matter for today: the most. Now this is present day, not back in history. The most overrated athletes and coaches. It can be either one, or both. Doesn't matter. Most overrated athletes and coaches. Give us yours and why that you think they are overrated. 888-993-7762. Our final segment this morning, of course, I promised that we would have uh, our resident World Cup expert. Yes. Coach uh, Kevin Sherry from Louisiana Tech. Uh, we are the nail-biting mm-hmm segment now we are we've gone through the round of 16 right and he's going to give us there's games tomorrow a game tomorrow and a game wednesday yep in the semifinals and then the uh, third place game is saturday and the championship game is this sunday morning so coach sherry will be on to break it down for us and give us his i'm going to pin him down and make him give it of course he's got to have a prediction he's from wales so i don't know if people in wales either don't like England. You know, people like in Ireland don't like England or Scotland. <laughs> so I don't know if he actually roots for England or if he doesn't like England. We'll find out. But we'll see uh, We'll see who he picks in the two games. Got Belgium and France, and England plays my favorite team, the team that sent the guy packing that wouldn't go in as a sub, Croatia. I'm a Croatia guy. I don't care what happens. I'm a Croatia guy well, because they did things right. You don't want to go in as a sub, then see you later. Uh, yeah, I mean they they a <laughs> little bit shorthanded and and look at them they have uh, really pulled, uh, I would say probably a couple upsets along the way and they're now uh, well on their way. It's going to be interesting. I think they're going to have a huge say in in the eventually who plays in the first finals. time since the nineteenth century. <laughs> really, wasn't it, John? Wasn't I right earlier? Eighteen ninety six. That sounds about right. I think right. that's what they said. That on the Croatia has been a no. Croatia is the first team mm-hmm. to win back to back in the in the knockout round, right, John? I want to make yes. sure I get this right. Yeah, they, they don't have penalties in the pool play, right? Yeah, yeah. So in the knockout round, Croatia is the first team since 1896 
to win back-to-back games on penalty kicks. Wow. So they've had uh, they've had some exciting games that, as you said, were nail-biters that have come down to it. So, uh, again, 888-993-7762. We're going to give you our top ten list of overrated coaches and athletes. And I'll start it off. My number ten and this is a personal one, but I'm trying to be objective. I don't want people saying I'm a I'm a homer. In fact, two of my favorite teams, their coaches are on my list. But mo- mostly, even though I think people will agree, because I've got good reasons why, I think most of the most people will will understand and go along with two of my selections. But I know them a little more intimately, and so that's why they're on my list. My number 10 is Notre Dame head football coach Brian Kelly. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were in the championship game one year, got completely blown out by Alabama. It was embarrassing. Oh, this would, is great. <laughs> I would rather them not be in it than go in and get blown out. And as people said, and rightfully so at the time, man, they didn't even deserve to be there. They can't hang with a team like Alabama. They don't have uh, the athletic ability and, you know, da 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 and uh, so I th- I'm really surprised that Brian Kelly still has this job after all this time. I thought he should have been fired two or three different times. Um, I just I don't think that uh, I think some recruits have stayed away uh, because of his personality and how he uh, treats the players, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which is where he is. Uh, I think he should have given up the play calling uh, duties a long time ago before he did last year. And uh, even though Notre Dame has had some moderate success, um, of course, they have an incredibly hard schedule every year and every year. Except for a few of the SEC teams, Notre Dame usually has the most top 25 teams on their schedule of anybody in the country uh, year in and year out. So that and the academic requirements Uh, that you have to go, the hoops you have to go through just to get into Notre Dame. does handcuff them a little bit, but I just don't think – I think that he's gotten way more uh, rope and way more credit uh, than he deserves for uh, being the Notre Dame head coach. Yeah, well, I can see great minds think alike because mine – I do have a Notre Dame schedule somewhere in my top ten, but since this is top secret information, I'm not going to divulge it. Uh, my number 10 is, believe it or not, a, a local slant here. Uh, our, our one and only Ben Mintz. Ben's, and I don't know, uh, Ben's number 10 on my list, uh, as everyone now, knows. Now, is he an athlete? Uh, in, his, in his mind, he is, yes. Uh, ben is uh, currently finished, and thank you to John Tabor for this, uh, this little nugget. He finished 327th out of about 7,800 in the World Championship Poker championship which is amazing in las vegas where ben has been i think since night 2017 or something he i think he like most of us will go out to see the bellagio the fountains and everything ben goes out there for serious business he went out there on a business trip we had a lot of fun with him last week we asked him you know what his diet was what he was doing as far as you know conditioning ben, ben has shall we say a zest for life uh and a lot of times that zest doesn't necessarily mean taking care of oneself but now he he has done so uh, he's on. He was on a vigorous uh, exercise and sleep and eating routine. Uh, it was strictly business. And congratulations to our good buddy Ben Mintz, uh, who finished 327th out of 7,800. Thank you for that, John. And um, he is now. Uh, but I, I think that's. To me, I would rather watch Tater's Bowl than watch uh, World Championship Poker. 
but our buddy Ben is a um, he'll move on to something else. You watch, he'll be he'll be uh, there'll be other Ben sightings, as his dad says, along the way. But as of right now, our good friend Ben is probably coming home to to rest for a couple of days, uh, and who knows well he'll we, he will be seen next. <laughs> Gary from Ruston texts in said uh, he thought the Tony Romo was overrated. All the media hype, but no results. Uh, I tell you what. He's great. He may have been over. If he's overrated, most people, I don't know what their opinion is about whether he was overrated. But I can tell you one thing. He's not overrated as an analyst. He's as good as it gets uh, as an analyst for somebody that just stepped right into it from playing and stepped right into the booth as a color guy. He is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Now, he talks a little too much over Mm -hmm. Jim Nance, Mm -hmm. uh, but he'll learn not to do that as time goes along. But for him to be able to call plays before they happen, and even he calls plays two or three plays ahead, he's almost like a chess master. And uh, he just amazed me this year uh, on his broadcast. And I just thought he was fabulous. Well, I, I, you know, for someone who never had that experience, he, he really has done a good job, and his, his analytical steel, uh, skills are off the, uh, off the chart. Uh, my number uh, nine, Mark, again, I, uh, generalizations here, I apologize. I think uh, number nine the uh, is the most of the white guys in the NBA overrated. Because <laughs> <I do think laughs> there aren't that uh, many. I'm on, yeah, right. I think most of the white guys are, are overrated in the NBA. They're they're really uh, unless you're Kevin Love who can eventually uh, you know have some kind of uh, contribution from inside or out. But yes, I uh, I think most of them are are overrated. So uh, need to come up with a uh, six five and under league. Yes, I know they used to have a six five and under league. But they need to have a league just for the small guys to to play at some point. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and go to a break. I want to save my number nine until we get back from the break. So you're listening to the Edge here on Sports Talk 97.7 and GB Cooley reminds you to support a worthwhile cause in North Louisiana, and that is Louisiana Special Olympics. Jamie and I will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Edge. Terry will be back tomorrow. He's actually back today. Got back late last night, but he's uh, sleeping it off. I mean, uh, sleeping in this morning. <laughs> or off. I don't know. <laughs> he's here. So All he's, we know, we can confirm he's he is here. In, he's and, if, here. and if he's listening, I guarantee you when I said that right now, he's probably dialing his phone right now yes. to try and take up for himself. No, he's still asleep. <laughs> no, he's still asleep. Um Hunter texts in and says, uh, how are white guys overrated in the NBA? <laughs> he said, uh, there's so few in the league, and many of the good ones don't even get noticed. There you have it. <laughs> so when I see one at that level, I know how much they had to do to stand out to get there. So good point, Hunter. <laughs> Thank like you, Like that. Okay, my number nine. Oh, eight. Are we eight? No, my number nine is – you did your number nine. Oh, I'll go ahead first. My number nine is Johnny Clipboard. And I uh, – and. I've always called him that. I will always call him that because I called him that from before the end, before the NFL draft that I always said that he would be doing nothing but ha- uh, holding a clipboard on the sidelines as a backup quarterback. Well, he's still doing it. Went to the CFL. He's still holding a clipboard. And thinking that he was going to uh, break in in the CFL, that it was a, uh, you know, like a uh, minor leagues for the NFL and that he was going to be able to set the world on fire in the CFL and be able to come back to the NFL uh, because of his time in the CFL. And uh, no, Jeremiah Masoli is the starting quarterback for the team he's on. And 
he has yet to see the field because Masoli is the leading passer in the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> Only Johnny Clipboard could get himself into a situation where he picks a team in the CFL and do you is it just ends me? up being on the team with the leading quarterback in the CFL. <laughs> so he has not seen the field four games in to uh, into the uh, season for the CFL. So uh, good luck, Johnny Clipboard, uh, trying to find your way back to the NFL. You're overrated. Absolutely. You're number eight. My number eight is uh, anyone who believes cricket is a game. It's not. It's, it's, is, it a, is it a sport? Is it a? Is it a? Uh oh! In I'm Pakistan, getting, wait, I, I think I've started a controversy yeah, here. Yeah, you, you go over to India and Pakistan there in, yeah. in South Asia and tell them it's not a sport. And also England. Okay, we'll see. That's what this is all about. It's spurring conversation. Yeah, yeah. If you and, go to their place, yeah, you say I actually at my business I have actually because of some of the. Okay, so I'll change it to croquet. In international, <laughs> international. Big, big difference there, Puff. <laughs> The international students from Louisiana Tech yeah. <clears throat> have actually had a cricket tournament really? in Ruston. Yeah, See? and I've done, believe it or not, there is a figure for cricket yes. in the trophy business, and I have actually done cricket trophies. Uh, well, for, good good luck with the one for, for croquet the, for the international <laughs> students at Louisiana Tech. My I, number my number eight is Des Bryant. Yeah. Um, he's uh, kind of like what Gary said earlier about Tony Romo. Now, there's always been a lot of hype about Des Bryant. He was a good receiver at one time, but I think he's more known for uh, the catch that wasn't a touchdown against the Packers than you know anything that he really did in a big game or crunch time or anything like that. I you know I felt like he was overrated for a long, long time. The fact that he does not have he still, to my knowledge, he still has not been signed to anybody. Is that right? No, he's. Uh... Yeah, he passed on the Ravens, if you recall. He right. was he was offered a pretty pretty nice little contract by the Ravens. He immediately snubbed his nose at that, and now uh, everyone is avoiding him like the plagues of Egypt, and he will not be uh, signed probably prior to training camp. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Keep the text and phone calls rolling in. Most overrated athlete. This is today now, or you know, present day. Uh, athletes or coaches, either one, either one. Doesn't make any difference. Okay, your number seven? My number seven. Des Bryant was my number eight. My number seven is the coach of the Michigan Wolverines, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> oh, Jim. Again, really? a, lot of, a lot of flash, but no substance. I mean, they lost some games in the Big Ten last year that were abysmal. Now, yes, is he getting better players to Michigan than the previous coaches had? Yes, he is. You know, but he's got all these quirky recruiting things and takes his kids on, you know, trips to Timbuktu and uh, has all these multiple, uh, you know, all these multiple camps with everybody and right. <clears throat> all of this kind of thing. And it's all just a lot of, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a magician that has a lot of flash in his, in his magic act, but he's not very good magician. I believe in <laughs> he, he He throws... What I used to I used to say this it's psychological. I used to say this when I was still coaching basketball. You can always tell and I always could tell even as a coach in game. I could always tell uh, a coach that was limited on his strategy abilities in game 
when it came down to tough situations where you had to make decisions as a coach in a basketball game on the fly, whether you're changing the offense, changing your defense up, uh, calling a timeout, substituting all of that, the guys would always – the guys that didn't know what to do, that weren't really good coaches, would all of a sudden start yelling at the referees. And, of course, then that way that gets their fans yelling at the referees. And so the now the, they're try, the coach is trying to get the focus on the referee instead of the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. And Jim Harbaugh's act wore thin with the players, even though they had success – his act wore thin in San Francisco with the 49ers. And eventually his flash act at Michigan, if he doesn't uh, start really competing, and I'm talking about legitimately competing on the national stage uh, for the playoffs, uh, then his flash act will wear thin in Michigan as well, and he won't last very long. I think the term we're looking for here is symbolism over substance. That's exactly right. Yeah, my number seven uh, – is a lot of substance, but I don't think it really – for some reason I'm absolutely so tired of hearing about uh, number seven, the most overrated uh, athlete, uh, Joey Chestnut. Uh, enough of this. The hot dog guy. The huff, yeah. yeah, I'm tired of seeing Joey. Uh, it's kind of like seeing the Warriors in the playoffs every year. You're kind of it, That act is getting old. It is time to move on. He has consumed half of, uh, you know, half the pork in this country, and it is time for him to uh, – whether it's – uh, Nathan's or whoever, it's time for Joey Chestnut. The, the hot dog eating championship, I know it's the slow season. I know, but really, folks, can we not do better? <laughs> yeah. So number seven is Joey Chestnut. Good. That was a good one. Uh, what's the difference? John texts in and says, what's the difference between cricket and croquet? <laughs> croquet is the one that has the wickets that that's you it. hit that's with it. the little striped wooden oh, ball. See, we, we've, we've started and, something here. Yeah, yes. that's right. And uh, cricket is played with a, well, they call it a bat, but it's a, it's a flat stick, and the, the, the pitcher is called a bowler. Yeah. And they throw the ball overhand and try and bounce it up there, and you have to try and hit it. You've got fielders. and, and uh, who, so. who sent us that one? That was John. Hey, John, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm as equally as confused as you are. Uh, but there is a vast difference. Okay, so your number – can we get to number six here? Before um, the break, yes. Yes. FS texts in and says the Ravens could have had Colin Kaepernick and Des Bryant. What a clown show that would have been. <laughs> yeah, the Ravens, I think, I think FS, I think the Ravens realized that, and that's why they didn't take either one. My number six, and this may surprise some people, but uh, this is one of those, sh- hey, you got to show me kind of things. Um, my number six is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard's making – I mean, everybody's making a big deal about where he's going to go and all of that. But, you know, he's kind of like Kyrie Irving in the fact that Kyrie Irving wanted to be the man. Right. Well, uh, Kawhi Leonard's never been the man. He's never been the man anywhere. You know, he always played with Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker. And so he's always had these big all-star supporting cast. I'm not convinced that Kawhi Leonard can be the man by himself and be the franchise kind of guy for a franchise. So I think uh, from that perspective, I think he's a little overrated. Uh, Until he can show me that he's the guy, then that's it. Well, my number six, I'm I'm returning to the coaching genre here, and uh, my number six is Terry Waltrip. Uh, uh, But he is controversial and charismatic. I will give him that, uh, but he is probably uh, – and he didn't even make my top five, by the way. That should tell you exactly. 
He uh, fell right outside the top five there at number six, Terry uh-huh. Waltrip. Uh, was one of the most overrated coaches uh, in, uh, quite frankly, the free world. Uh, in but, all of high school basketball. Yes, and I'm, I'm going to include the Balkan countries in that as well. So And uh, Croatia. Yeah. And Croatia, absolutely. So uh, Terry Waltrip, number six, as most of Again, uh, keep in mind, controversial and charismatic. Right. Yes, got to give him that. Okay, let's get, do our number fives before the break. My number five is Tiger Woods. Say it isn't so. Yeah. Oh, he's making a comeback, dude. Well, I know, but I put him on there because, again, it's all hype right now. I mean, he's doing okay. He's had some okay tournaments. He kind of made a a little push uh, two tournaments ago. I think it it was at the Travelers. Yes. uh, Where he came in, ended up coming in, I don't know, seventh or eighth, something like that. But um, I think the talk all the time, every tournament, including the majors, he seems to be the odds makers put him or, or the media puts him as one of the favorites. Well, he's got to win a tournament first before he can be a favorite in anything. So true. So you know, true. the British Open's coming up in a, in a week or two. And the British Open this year is at one of the tougher uh, courses that are it's on the, on the cycle of the British Open. They're going to play in Carno- at Carnoustie. And that is one of the harder courses on the British Open tour uh, or on the British Open cycle of the courses that they use for the British Open. So, you know, he with all the uh, with all the rough and the and the wind and the rain and everything else. um, I just uh, right now, I just think that he's overrated uh, with what he's actually doing on the course versus what the media hype is. That's a good one. My number five is Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I don't know. uh, He apparently, he's the walking wounded um, and not doing very well. I don't think he is uh, going to make a contribution. I I could probably throw uh, Lonzo Ball into the same, uh, but it's only been one year, and I want to give him a chance to, uh, his body of work really hasn't been established yet. So I'm going to go right now, as, as of today, right now, I think Isaiah Thomas at number five is one of the most overrated athletes of the current generation. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll finish up our list because we do have Coach Sherry at 945. So we'll finish up our our top four, and you can still give us yours on the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line at 888-993-7762. Edge brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, 165 in Monroe, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, and Spa Nouvelle on Lammy Lane in Monroe. Back with the top four after this. Welcome back to The Edge Sports Talk 97.7. Mark Kramer and Jamie Foxx. Again, glad Jamie's back. Terry will be back tomorrow, and John Tabor along with us. We're going to finish up our top ten list of overrated athletes and or coaches, and you can still get us on the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union hotline or text line to give us yours, 888-993-7762. We've already had some good ones this morning. Okay, number four, I'm going to group this all into one um, as, as a group. Uh, players that have come over here from Japan to play baseball. Really? Well, the reason I put them on the overrated list is that they come over with such hype, but they never, once they get here and they realize that, hey, this isn't the Japanese league, 
which is still good baseball, but it's not the major leagues. Uh, they end up having moderate success, but the media makes so much of a hype. And usually the pitchers and Otani, uh, who is the, the, the latest hype guy, <clears throat> is no different. He's played in Japan for how many ever years? Uh, Tanaka, who pitches for the Yankees, uh, was supposedly their, you know, best pitcher in the history of the, you know, of Japanese baseball. Uh, they all seem to get hurt once they get over here because the stress uh, that they have to put out every inning to get yeah. major league hitters out is not like it is in Japan, and they always end up seeming to have arm trouble. And Otani, you know, may not even pitch the rest of the year. He's been cleared to, <clears throat> excuse me, he's been cleared to bat. Uh, they may put him back in the lineup to hit, but he probably won't pitch the rest of the season. And so, anyway, you know, probably Ichiro is about the only guy that has had major, major success uh, over here in the United States coming as a hyped-up, you know, as a hyped-up player from Japan. So, uh, like I said, they've had – some of them have had moderate success – but for them to have a lot of lasting power and have had major, like, superstar success, Ichiro's about the only one uh, that's really been able to do that. Well, I once dated a girl named Otani Tanaka. Uh, but uh, and she was uh, – we'll see as, as this plays out. Um, I think Otani really, you know, jumped out of the gates pretty pretty sharp. Uh, but he did. Again, but, you know, in arm trouble. We'll – I think the story is is yet to be written with him, but yeah, overall, I think that's a that's a really good point. My number four. I'm going to harken back to yours, uh, Mark. I'm stealing your thunder here a little bit. Uh, the most overrated uh, Notre Dame, uh, mainly mainly the football. I will say the football coach because I think their other sports are pretty good, pretty consistent across the board. But I'm with you. Uh, I'm uh, not a fan of, of Brian Kelly. I was not a fan of. Uh, I loved Eric Parsegan, loved Parsegan, uh, but I, I, ever, ever since then, I've never been a big fan of, of really anybody. The uh, Faust, I liked him too, believe it or not. He was but terrible. He was, but he was, he, he was indeed not very good. So, overrated, we're going to put uh, Notre Dame's, whoever right now is the current head football coach, and in this case, Brian Kelly, Kelly at Notre Dame. So, we are in complete agreement on that one, just a different. I'm I'm giving him a little more credit than you are, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're the big green Irish fan. So, anyway. And uh, now my number three is my other homer pick, but uh, and some people may find this surprising too, but uh, my number three is the head coach for the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy. Say it isn't so. Because I know they've been to, I know they won a Super Bowl, but. There's been other the actually the Packers should have been to at least three Super Bowls during his tenure and his play calling and uh, the way that things went down near the end of games in the playoffs they have blown some games in the in the either the conference championship games I mean are the yeah the conference championship games or uh, the second round of the playoffs when they had a bye that has kept them from being in the Super Bowls. I don't really care for his play calling uh, as a general rule. They haven't really surrounded. Uh, they have what, wide receivers, but they haven't really been able to give Aaron Rodgers uh, any kind of running game to take a lot of the heat off of him. He's run for his life the last couple of years and still been able to perform. Uh, but, you know, last year it cost him because he was running for his life again and got drilled into the ground 
in Minnesota or by Minnesota and uh, broke that collarbone and was out for the rest of the year except for that cup of coffee that he tried to do in the last game where they had to win to make to have a chance for the playoffs but uh anyway haven't uh, haven't always thought again a lot of uh, a lot of hype around Mike McCarthy as a play caller but I don't think he's had uh, a lot of success as far as I think he's benefited from having Aaron Rodgers uh, as his quarterback, not the fact that he's a great offensive mind or a play caller. So my third overrated is Coach Mike McCarthy. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue a little bit away from that, and I'm gonna my number three is Danica Patrick. Uh, again, uh, great to look at, but not necessarily. I I think uh, she had a lot of uh, uh, pl- uh, latitudes and. and it's thrown her way simply because she was a female driver, uh, an attractive one at that. But, and maybe I'm just upset because Aaron Rodgers are dating her and I'm not. Like, I, that's even a remote possibility. But Danica Patrick is, uh, you know, and I think I give her credit, though. She saw the, she saw the handwriting on the wall. She got out at a, at a good time. I will miss her in the uniform, but I will – I, I don't think she really added a lot to NASCAR. And supposedly you know, she's she's not going. She's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, I'll Hall just put it like that. And supposedly she's dating Aaron Rodgers. I know. Well, right that's so. that, that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> okay, my number two is the Ball Brothers. Yeah, oh, God. not number one. <laughs> no, no, they're not number one. Okay, Ball Brothers are number my number two. Uh, they had an insulting article yesterday. I believe it was on Yahoo Sports that LiAngelo, or whatever his name is, said that he would also be with the Lakers very soon. You didn't even get drafted. You can't even hardly perform well in the D League or in the Summer League. How do you expect to make an an NBA roster? Um, And I still, regardless, uh, and I know it's not his fault. I know most of it's his dad's fault. But Lonzo is overrated also. He can't shoot. He's a good distributor of the ball. If that's what somebody wants, then I guess he'll be okay if he just, they just want to con, uh, concentrate on assists. But he can't shoot very well. And um, pretty, so, good at, pretty, pretty good at rifling off sunglasses, though, I might Yeah, right. Yeah. But, uh, so the Ball brothers are my number two overrated athletes. Okay. Uh, my number two, uh, right quick, is any pitching coach for the Cincinnati Reds. Yes. <laughs> you got that right. I don't care who they throw out there. Uh, Cincinnati's pitching is going to suck. Uh, and it generally has. Uh, sorry, Mark. I know that, that hits a little. No, but little that's bu- true. I don't mean to hit below the belt, but it, you know it better than I do. I've proven today that I'm not a homer on my own teams. <laughs> In fact, I was talking to John before the show. Uh, they blew the last two days against the Cubs because of their pitching. They had a 5 to nothing lead on Saturday and ended up giving up four runs. The bullpen gave up four runs in the bottom of the eighth inning, and the Cubs beat the Reds 8-7. to seven. And then they blew the game yesterday um, in extra innings. The Cubs beat the Reds in extra innings 6-5. to five. So After they had swept a, the Cubs. On, yeah, after they swept them last In Chicago, week. right? No, no, this was, was in Chicago. Chicago. It was in Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. But guess how the Reds lost yesterday Please. in extra innings. Hold on. Give it to us. A bases-loaded walk. Now, that's really exciting. You know, you come on to SportsCenter, oh, the Cubs won on a walk-off walk. <laughs> the only thing worse than that would be a walk-off uh, hit batter. 
You know, and yeah. I, I'm like you, Mark. I had had such high hopes when they swept the, you know, and uh, the I thought they God, actually they, got the they nine swept games. the Cubs. They actually swept the Cubs, and the Cubs are doing, you know, they were doing pretty. They, they had were beat the coming Cubs. on up, they and then all five of a sudden, in a row, five in a row before before Saturday. So I'm glad the All Star break's coming, so they can kind of put the brakes on their bad and let all the on their bad play. Will it will it be let a fire sale in Cincinnati? Let this all summer? the yeah, I hope not. The Reds do have three All Stars. There you go. They have Suarez, Votto, and uh, Scooter Jeanette. Um, but Suarez leading the ma- leading, I believe, the major leagues in RBIs right now. He hit another home run yesterday, and I think he's got 66 RBIs, and I think that leads Major League Baseball. Jeanette's not too far behind. Please note none of those so are pitchers. So the Reds actually, because of who they have on, going on right now, they actually could have four. Um, they could have four. Guys with 100 RBIs and finishing last place. It'd be the first time that's ever happened. With, let's we'll do our let's do one. our number one real quick, John, because we're going to have Coach Sherry after we're after the break. My number one overrated athlete, Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, he's very talented, but what's he ever done for the Giants? Have they ever been to the playoffs? If they did, how did they do? He's only played about half the time that he's been in the league, and he wants a new contract. Really? Come on, Odell. Get in the real world, buddy. Well, You're overrated. You're uh, too much of a head case <laughs> to overcome your talent. Get real. Speaking of, this will be real. I think this was pretty much obvious on everyone's uh, list. Of my number one overrated. Any coach, any head coach of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or now the Cavaliers. So it'll be just about anybody in Cleveland except for Francona with the Indians. Exactly. We'll go ahead and take a break. Coach Kevin Sherry will join us, our World Cup insider, when we return here on The Edge and finish things up here on this Monday right after this. Welcome back to The Edge here on Sports Talk 97.7. Real quick before we get to Coach Sherry, Mark text in his top five of overrated athletes or coaches, and he's got some good ones. Marvin Lewis, the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, who's Poor Marvin. never won. Yeah, never won anything. I like Marvin, though. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., oh, no. uh, Maria Sharapova in tennis. No, no, no. She's she Jimbo Fisher and Matt Canada is Ooh. his number five. Interesting. So thank list. you, Mark. Appreciate that. like that. Now we'll get to, as I always call him, our, our uh, World Cup insider, Coach Kevin Sherry from Louisiana Tech. Now, Coach, I got to ask you up front. I know you're from, you're from Wales, correct? No, I went to college in Wales. Okay, where are you actually from? I was born in England to an Irish family. Okay, so you were born in England. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so you know I know covering how the, all bases there. The reason, I noticed, the yes. reason I asked that question was because I wanted to get everything clarified before we talked about England. And that is, you know, there's, a, uh, you know, the dynamic in the British Isles is uh, a little funny sometimes. People that are from one of the other parts of the British Isles, either they don't, they love England or they don't like them at all. And so uh, I wanted to get your perspective first. Are you an England supporter or an England hater? <laughs> oh, Football's coming home. I'm a big fan. I'm okay. I've been so excited. It's it's fantastic. Okay. So 1966, the last time that England won the World Cup, uh, they have an opportunity now getting into the semifinals. So uh, I want you to break down each one of the semifinal games starting tomorrow. You have the border war between France and Belgium. 
Yeah, these are the. This is probably the the World Cup final right here. I think the winner of these this game is probably going to win it. So there's uh, going to be a lot of stress on both teams. But these these two are the power teams left in the in the tournament. So it's it's a toss up. It really is. Both teams are have just stacked, absolutely stacked. They're at their peak. Uh, my my thinking is, I think France is just is just going to pip it, but it's going to be really, really close. I think it's probably going to be the, the best game of the tournament. And it, the tournament's been so exciting, and this one's going to really top it. This one is going to be the game of the century. Coach, uh, a team that is probably, I, I know has come from, from literally nowhere, but I want to give, give us your thoughts. And is it a possibility? Of course, you know that France and Belgium, and I, I agree, they're probably the, the odds on. But what is it going to take for Croatia to possibly pull this off? Oh, they, oh sure. I mean, they, they've, they've got some players who play, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, the top teams, Juventus in the world. Um, they're... A lot of them, it's their last World Cup, you know, 32, 33, a lot of them. So they're playing for everything. They're, they come from a... When Yugoslavia broke up, you know, Croatia was one of those countries that got its independence. And it's a soccer-crazy area of Europe, and they are technically always very good. But what's always let them down is their temperament. So if they can keep the red cards out of the referee's pocket, uh, they've got a shot. They really have got a chance. But I, honestly, when you come up against France or Belgium... You're going to have to have all the stars aligned for it to really happen. A piece of luck go your way. But, you know, on paper, France and Belgium should really do it. Yeah, it's too, it's too bad from what you're saying that that's not the actual final uh, as opposed to a semifinal game. But as I've told you when you were on with us last week that, you know, when Croatia sent the guy home, uh, gave him an airline ticket or maybe a bus ticket back, uh, to Croatia when he refused to go in in the middle of the game. Uh, I knew right then that Croatia was my team because they were doing things right. It was a no-tolerance policy for a bad attitude, and uh, I love that kind of thing. So uh, with the, you being an England supporter, uh, how did, of course, uh, Croatia, uh, I said it before you came on, going all the way back to the 19th century, uh, 1896, the last time in the knockout round, that a team won back-to-back games in, on penalties. Croatia has done that the last two matches. So how do you see that that whole match unfolding? Yeah, this is this is going to be really close. Both teams have, a, have strengths and weaknesses. And I'm a bit concerned that England's weakness is kind of mirrors Croatia's strength. So I don't know if that gives them the edge or not. But I think it's going to come down to a a corner kick, a free kick, a penalty kick. I think it's you know it's it's going to be it's going to be one moment that decides the game. Uh, it's a it's a it's a honestly both games are a toss up the coin. It can go either way. But you know I'm praying, hoping that England does it because uh, the the people of England, England back home are going absolutely crazy about this run in the tournament. And uh, I, you know, I just I, I want to see it. I want to see him in the final because I want to I want to see it in my lifetime. You know, I was I was I was only a I was only a wee whip, whippersnapper in 1966 <laughs> when England won it. So I don't remember ever seeing that. So I, it it would just it really would 
I don't know. I could, I would die happy with it. It would just be one of the greatest things in my life. Sorry, uh, apologies to my wife and our wedding day, but that would just top it all. <laughs> Coach, uh, I think uh, you know we admire all these teams here in the finals, but of course our our hearts are probably all with Jolly, our good friends in Jolly O England as well. So. Tell us a little bit about uh, how Garrett, Coach Gareth Southgate has, has put this team together. And now as you as we reach these uh, semifinals and finals, uh, team chemistry and things are so important. Give us a little bit of background real quick, how you think Coach Southgate has put this team together. Yeah, well, he's, he's now a, he's a modern coach because, you know, we talk about old school coaches, you know, who basically it's my way or the highway and it's you know, very regimented and all this. But in you know, in the old days when I was growing up, we just did exactly as we were told. But of course, nowadays these these kids who are playing, they are all multimillionaires. You know, mm-hmm. so the man, the skills of man management are something that uh, people going into the coaching world overlook how important it is. So he's he's very good at man management. But I think the key is that he's been there. I mean, he played for England and he. He missed the penalty kick, which kind of lost us a big tournament. So he, he's been there and done it, and he's, he's helping the, the, the team kind of prepare them mentally. But also, he's had a way of playing, and a, you know, he's been very, very adamant that he wants the team to play in a different style to what it's always played in the past, and they call it the New England. And, and the, the, the way they're playing is so different and so effective that he's obviously studied it and got it right. He just he just got it right, and uh, I think we're very lucky to have it. And also, the waistcoats. I don't know what you call them in England in, in America, but waistcoats. Waistcoats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that he wears on the sideline. Apparently, they're selling by the millions in England. Everyone's copying his fashion style of wearing a waistcoat on the sideline. So I think I'm going to do it for this year. Louisiana Tech. I'm going to wear a waistcoat. <laughs> so, real, Absolutely. Real quick, Coach, because we just have a couple of minutes. What is that difference in the style that you're talking about uh, that England's playing that they weren't before? It's, it's to do with passing the ball, being more possession-based, but also playing without fear. You don't play possession soccer because most teams are afraid that if you lose it, the other team is just going to go straight down and score. So the safest thing to do is to kick it long and fight for it in the final third uh, near their opponent's goal. But, of course, you know, the probability of that being successful is not very high in high male soccer because they're all six foot four and can head the ball. So you have to have real nerve and guts to play a possession style starting from your goalkeeper. And not only is he now doing it, he's made all the youth, England youth teams do it. And the England youth teams have all won the, the Youth World Cups and stuff like that. So it's a new England, a new style, and it's working. Thank God for Gareth Southgate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real quick, uh, give us your picks in the games, and then uh, who you going to get? Who you going to take in the finals? It's going to be France versus England in the final. Oh my gosh! It'll start <laughs> another war. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I just hope, hope, hope that England somehow do it. But my money would be on France, but. Oh my! Oh man! I I I don't know what I'd do if England won. I would. Oh, I just I'll be speechless. I mean, I'd be useless on this radio because I wouldn't be able to speak. I'd be crying. <laughs> I'll be. Time. If it happens, I'll be expecting a call and an invite to the party at your home after England wins the World Cup. We'll have a pint or four. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'll buy a drink for everyone in Ruston. <laughs> 
Coach, thanks again. We always appreciate it. Thanks for the time and all the insight. All right. See you. Thanks, Kevin.